Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today, I'm excited to bring you another faculty feature episode highlighting one of our amazing TMI teachers and giving you a chance to learn more about her path here to TMI, what makes her so passionate about our students, and what's happening in her classroom. Joining me today in the studio for this faculty feature is fine arts teacher Hannah Cooper McCauley. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. So Hannah actually joined the TMI community in 2016, and she brings her talents of digital and analog narrative photography to our school. Her own photography has been exhibited in group and solo shows at various venues internationally, including the Ogden Museum of Southern Art, the Vermont Center for Photography, Photo Beijing 2014, the 2014 Pingao, hopefully I said that somewhat correctly, (laughs) (laughs) China International Photography Festival, and she has been published in Photo District News as well as Ain't Bad Magazine. So she brings a lot of experience and talents to our school. She earned her Bachelor's of Fine Arts at, at Jacksonville State University and her Master's of Fine Arts from Louisiana Tech University. So Hannah, before we jump into all things TMI, tell me more about your path into teaching. And we're gonna talk in a minute how you developed your passion for photography and art in just a minute. So go ahead and just start by sharing what made you go into teaching and how you found your way to TMI. Okay, so I didn't always know that I wanted to be a teacher. I originally went to school you know, to, to be an artist, and so I wasn't quite sure if teaching was what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to try it. So when I was in grad school, I had the opportunity um, both to assist classes, and then eventually I could teach my own classes. And I found that I really enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed mm-hmm. sharing something that I was passionate about with others and helping them develop their own artistic voice. Um, As far as TMI goes, I applied for teaching jobs in my last semester of grad school and um, I actually knew one of the, um, or the faculty member who was leaving the photography position through the Society for Photographic Education, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm uh, part of and have attended conferences for. And so she kind of cued me into this job and I applied and um, was fortunate enough to to be invited to come to TMI. And so I moved to San Antonio with my husband uh, in 2016 to begin Mm -hmm. teaching. And you actually, you grew up in Mississippi, correct? Correct, yes. You've been around, kind of traveled around a little bit. and Yes, definitely. Had Um, you ever been here to San Antonio before? I actually had. I'd been a couple of times. It was funny because um, I never thought I would end up living here. But Mm -hmm. um, when I was in undergrad, I was actually, had my work accepted into um, an exhibition at the San Antonio, uh, one of the San Antonio public libraries. Mm -hmm. And so I had come to San Antonio for that. Um, for that show and it was just sort of interesting that you know like photography would lead me back there (laughs) so many years later. You were meant to be here. I was yes. (laughs) So you discovered you had this passion for teaching. What motivates you to keep teaching now? 
definitely working with students. I, mm-hmm. I love working with young adults and um, particularly teenagers because I think that one thing that sets them apart, you know, in my experience from college students is that they're, you know, still, um, it's still cool to learn <laughs> and they're, you know, and they're more invested. I think, um, especially at TMI, you know, students are so invested in their education um, and really, you know, passionate about learning or just, you know, the idea of learning something. So um, I really love working with, you know, my students. Mm-hmm. And um, again, just, you know, I love, I'm really excited about photography and art and I'm a big nerd about it. And so being able to like share that and nerd out with other people who are equally mm-hmm. excited and passionate, you know, passionate about that is, is so much fun. And for our listeners here, which classes do you teach here at TMI? I teach two sections of digital art, two sections of photography one, and then one section of photography two and photography three. Wonderful. So let's, you teach a lot of photography, so let's go ahead and and dive into that passion because I know that that is a passion of yours. And right before the break in December, you shared with the community a beautiful chapel talk where you talked about why photography is more than just a hobby, but it's actually a very intense and meaningful part of your life. So if you could, go ahead and share a little bit of that story and why photography is so important to you and how you capture that in your art. Sure. Um, I'll try to condense this a little bit. But <laughs> and I will link to the, the YouTube. Oh, we have great. it on the YouTube channel, so I will link Excellent. that talk you gave to into the show notes here. Okay, great. Uh, well, so um, I have to start out by talking a little bit about my background, which is, is kind of interesting. So my father is a Baptist minister, and the nature of his job meant that my family moved around pretty often. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've lived all over um, the South. And so... Um, that you know really informed my worldview the idea of you know faith really being this steadfast steadfast component of my world um and so i grew up listening to bible stories um where you know fantastic things happen um and i believe they were true i was taught to believe they were true and so um, that also informed my worldview. So it became I became accustomed to the notion that reality can pretty easily be invaded by something too strange to believe, um, mm-hmm. but it's still real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I was 17, I was diagnosed with um, a condition called optic nerve head drusen. It's also sometimes called pseudopapilledema, but basically what it means is that my eyes aren't able to dispose of waste properly. And so that waste builds up um, in the form of calcium deposits that embed themselves in my optic nerve. And so what that really means is that it causes gradual, uh, gradual visual field loss, um, loss of my peripheral vision, and then just overall, just like not the best eyesight. <laughs> so, How old were you when that started happening? Um, well, I was 17 when I was diagnosed. Okay. And so- Were there signs before that? Not really. Um, no, I, well, I've always kind of had poor vision, but I've never really known anything different. So <laughs> kind of yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't know that it was any different. Yeah. Um, and so I I was lucky enough that I just had this really great optometrist and he saw it just by looking, um, you know, he was looking at my, my eye. Uh, and you can actually see the calcium deposits um, with, with like use of like a special mirror to view mm-hmm. an optic nerve. And so he saw that and then um, sent off for more tests and then, um, you know, discovered that I had this thing. And so, um, you know, it was a really big surprise for me, um, especially, you know, like to be that young um, and to have to sort of 
you know, cope with something that was really going to affect the rest of my life. Um, and so I don't know if I am going to go blind. Sometimes that does happen, but um, I, I am experiencing a little bit of um, peripheral loss in mm-hmm. my vision. And so um, this discovery was actually the catalyst for my introduction and choice to become a photographer. So because of this really scary thing I was facing, I was able to use my camera as a way to cope with it. Had you been doing photography before, or no. was this? I, no, actually, um, my parents. Uh, right after we found out, um, my parents bought me a camera because I, I expressed a little bit of interest mm-hmm. in photography when I was young. I always knew I wanted to be an artist, but originally I wanted to be an illustrator. Um, and so I had expressed a little bit of interest in photography with my. Um, I'd done it with my friends and. We played around, and so my parents bought me a camera after that, and it was just a small digital point-and-shoot, but that mm-hmm. was like my entryway um, into uh, photography. And it's really affected and influenced your artwork now. Why don't you describe, because that was so amazing to hear how you shared that you're able to, I'll let you tell it, but how you capture the optic nerve Hedrusen, I think I said yes. right, but yes. tell how you capture that in your art. So I was, you know, I was dealing with this uh, very scary thing. I was able to use my camera as a way to cope with it. So I realized that if I was feeling worried or frightened, um, lonely, excited, or whatever, I could step in front of my camera and act out or perform my thoughts. So mm-hmm. not only was I creating something, which was great, but I could also communicate an idea with other people. And I felt connected to people, which really helped me with feeling lonely or like I didn't have a voice. Um, and so as I entered college and eventually went on to grad school, I began to experience some loss of peripheral sight uh, and a few other odd side effects that related to my vision. And I'd never spoken about my vision problems before in relation to my work. Um, I really, you know, kind of didn't want to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So um, I finally decided that it was time to fully embrace it as part of my practice and run with it. So uh, I began to make photographs that Im- imitated the way that I see. Um, so I made images with a very shallow depth of field mm-hmm. um, where, you know, a certain uh, part of the image will be in sharp focus, but the rest of it falls out of focus. Um, and then uh, I made images where uh, with a heavy vignette mm-hmm. um, or darker edges to mimic my changing peripheral vision. Um, and I also used modeled light, vivid color, and texture to create a heightened sensory experience for viewers to mimic my own obsession with the experience of seeing and worrying about losing it. What's been the response you've gotten from people who view your artwork and then do they find out the story behind it? So so when I show my work, I always try to include a project statement that does um, include that, you know, my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that definitely helps people um, appreciate that you know the work uh, more even more but um, I'm not always there to share mm-hmm. uh, my story and so um, I don't think that people people aren't gonna aren't gonna see those specific things because I use a lot of metaphor in my imagery too and so mm-hmm. it's not always completely evident that it's about um, losing your vision but I do think that people can can feel or um, you know understand that there is some component of loss uh, when looking at my work because that's a pretty um, you know, pretty important thing for me to communicate. I try to use the camera as a way to measure um, the weight of loss mm-hmm. in my own life. So as it relates to me, but I also think that people are able to um, pick up the pick up on that a little bit mm-hmm. um, just from looking at the work. 
Now, do you post most of your photography? I know you have a few on your website, mm-hmm. but if someone is listening to this and they want to see the types of photographs that you do, is there a good spot that they can go to see some of that work? Definitely. My website is going to be the place um, where you're going to be able to to see all of the you know the work that I show, um, and then it, I'll also provide uh, project statements and stuff on my website. So if you want to you know um, read about the work, then that's the place to go. Um, and I mean, you can Google me. <laughs> I mean, you know, like there, there are, um, I've done a lot of uh, What's your web interviews. Uh, it's www.hannacoopermacaulay.com. Perfect. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes along okay. with the YouTube video. <laughs> and then I think everyone will be able to kind of yep. see yep. that side of it, which is wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing that yeah. again with the community. <laughs> thank but you. I know not all of our parents got to come to chapel. So let's go ahead and we'll circle back to TMI. So tell me about your teaching philosophy and what's important to you that you want to see happen in the classroom every day. Uh, each day, I want su- to see students actively engaged in creating something that is meaningful to them, mm-hmm. um, whatever that is. And I believe that each student has their own unique skill set and a voice. And it's my job to help them develop that voice and communicate in ways that don't always require words. Um, I also want each student to feel like they have a place and that they matter and their opinions matter in the classroom. Um, I always joke with my students that we're one big family. You know, everyone um, has a voice and everyone is respectful um, of, you know, that voice. And so we all listen and and we try to love each other just like a, you know, Mm -hmm. like a blood family. That's wonderful. So one of the things you're very active with with your students is encouraging them and getting them participating in contests, photography contests, and you still do quite a bit yourself. So Mm. is it hard for you to get students to open up and share their work like that? Or do you feel that, do you find that they're excited? Um, Well, at first, students are always nervous to share Mm -hmm. their uh, their work with the world because a lot of the times, you know, they're pouring, like it's very Mm -hmm. personal to Mm -hmm. to create something and, and, you know, they're always afraid to to be judged. But um, they're introduced to the idea of sharing their work with other people as early as digital art. Um, And starting in Photography One, they're required to submit their work to at least one exhibition opportunity per quarter. Mm -hmm. So we also regularly participate in critique for each project. So we'll have several in-progress critiques and one final critique where you have to share your work with the class and everyone else. Um, They also have to answer questions uh, in critique like, you know, what do you want your audience to get out of this? Do you have an expectation for, you know, people to read this? And, and so they're f- kind of forced to think about mm-hmm. that too. Um, so they have lots of practice in putting themselves out there. But I also believe that if you're going to, you know, ask students to do something, you have to, mm-hmm. like, you have to walk the walk and, and talk the talk as well. So um, I, you know, I consistently um, enter my work into exhibition opportunities and um, and so I'm trying to do that as well. So, you know, and I let them know that, like I mm-hmm. tell them. And so, you know, my hope is that like, if they see that, you know, I'm trying to do that um, as well. And oftentimes, um, or there have been some times where I've actually had my students um, enter their work into something that I also entered my work into. And there have mm-hmm. been a couple of times where they've, we both had our work exhibited in the same show, which is just a really cool, um, you know, cool experience. But mm-hmm. I think that it helps them to see, oh, you know, like, the, like, you know, my teacher is also like doing this thing, so mm-hmm. so it's important 
and you know and I can do it too lead by example right that's great so since you teach both photography and digital art which are fields that are definitely impacted by all of this technology that mm. continues to improve and just accelerate the way we do things so talk a little bit about how your photography and teaching have evolved along with the technology that has evolved do you find yourself learning leaning more into the digital realm i i like both mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really enjoy both um and i and in my personal work i um i practice both uh you know digital and analog photography but when I was a student, I learned digital photography first. Mm-hmm. Um, and the program that, that I went to in undergrad was, um, you know, one of the most advanced digital photography programs in the state of Alabama. And so my teachers were um, really invested in um, embracing technology. Uh, and then I learned analog photography, you know, kind of as well. Um, but digital was really the first, the way that I learned exposure. Um, and so... I think it's really important for students to learn both. Um, I practice with both, and it, and it kind of just depends on what media mm-hmm. I choose based on the message I want to convey. Um, so in my teaching practice, I introduce students to the idea of exposure first through digital photography like I was taught. And then um, once they, en- they enroll in photography too, uh, we start to shoot film. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to learn both ways because it's it requires two very different ways of working. Um, and it develops a student's skill set in uh, different and unique ways. I think that there's definitely a role for film photography in the future. Um, film is definitely experiencing a revival mm-hmm. as a, and a renewed interest um, as a younger generation begins to work with it because to them it's novel and exciting. It's intriguing. <laughs> totally new, yeah. And, and it's so interesting. I always ask my students, my digital arts students, because most of them are freshmen, and I always just kind of ask them out of curiosity, um, how many of you have ever seen a negative or held mm-hmm. a, a negative and like the number gets smaller every year mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I have you know like I'll bring negatives in and like let everybody hold one and it's like this is you know like this is where it all began <laughs> so um, I, I think, think yeah. it was just a few years ago that the Polaroid I forget what they call them but the instant yeah the instant Polaroids were kind of making a comeback yes. because they were new and novel and <laughs> absolutely yeah I don't think film's going anywhere <laughs> Well, good. Well, so digital art and photography are very creative subjects. Tell me about some of the projects in your classes that students have enjoyed the most. So in digital art, um, that with that class, it's actually a prerequisite to all of the digital uh, courses that we teach at TMI. And so we'll do, um, we'll kind of divide our time up between different applications in the Adobe suite. So we'll spend some time working with um, Photoshop and photography. And then we uh, use Premiere to do some video. And then finally, we end um, working in Adobe Illustrator. And so they get this introduction to digital illustration. And we do this project where I'll um, take a portrait of that student. And then they um, will use that portrait to look. And they'll um, illustrate a uh, self-portrait. And it, it has a sort of geometric look to it. We call it a low-poly vector self-portrait. But um, the students really love that. And I think. Um, part of it is because they get to work on it for a really long time. Like it's mm-hmm. a sort of long form project. And so they get to see it, you know, from uh, beginning all the way to completion. And they feel really proud of those portraits that they make. We print them out um, and we show them in our art show at the end of the year and the students get to take them home. So they have a lot of pride in doing that. Um, as far as in uh, my photography classes, 
in photography one, um, I have students complete this project called In the Style of, mm-hmm. uh, and it's where students are required to pick an established photographic artist and research them in their work. They write a paper and they give a 10 minute presentation on their artist and teach the class all about that artist and their work. Um, then students are required to make their own images in the style of that artist. So they're not recreating that artist's images, but mm-hmm. they're emulating their stylistic or um, philosophical approach to image making. Um, and so students really love that project. Mm-hmm. And I do too. I love, I love watching them do that. But I think it's the aspect of learning and researching and then like kind of turning around and teaching the class mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they enjoy. And then um, they, when they make their own images, it, it always helps um, to, you know, to really look at what another person has done who's come mm-hmm. before them. Um, and it, it really helps. Uh, and they grow so much in that project. Now, is there any project that's your favorite out of all of the classes to teach? Probably the In the Style of Project is mm-hmm. one of my favorite, just because for like to, it's so fun to watch because that's always usually the turning point where students seem to have their aha moment and uh-huh. and they really um, you know it, just something something clicks it comes into place and um, they they learn so much about another person but then that really informs like their own. Um, image making decisions, whether they really relate to that artist and they mm-hmm. love that way of working or they really hate it, you know, and so they learn, you know, what they're interested in and what they're not interested in. So it's so much fun to see them have that aha moment and what happens after that is so exciting. I imagine they kind of get the sense of being able to put themselves into the other artist's shoes as mm-hmm. well to kind of see it from their perspective and, and just take on all that extra personality and absolutely yeah definitely what are some of the lessons and key ideas that you hope your students will carry with them long after they've left your class and and gone on um there there are a few things i I want them to take with them um the the first thing that i try to to teach everybody is that um how important it is to uh, maintain a sense of like professionalism and so we have sort of a workshop environment in um, the Mac lab, and so um, we're all kind of working together and everyone is involved with everyone else's projects just because you can see what the other person is doing next to you. And so um, we all kind of share that with each other, but it's really important um, for me, for them to think about, you know, when they when they leave and they, um, you know, go to uh, college or they start their careers, um, they want to, you know, maintain like a sense of like professionalism. So mm-hmm. like we're, you know, like we are working artists. We are like training to be professionals in that classroom. And so um, even if they don't go on to pursue art, I hope mm-hmm. that that mindset will, you know, will kind of follow them. Um, I also want students to consider themselves to be an artist, even if they've never done anything, you know, more than like a finger painting before. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes students will come into my class and they'll say, oh, I'm not an artist because I'm not creative or I'm just not any good. Um, and I feel like we spend a lot of time trying to undo that fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I try to tell everyone from day one, like, no, you are an artist. And and so, um, you know, what you make matters. Like, don't don't um, you know second guess yourself just because you think that you're not good. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any new anything to give us a sneak peek on? Do you have any new projects or lessons that you're planning for this year or maybe for next year in the fall? Uh, I'm always tweaking um, projects or adding mm-hmm. new ones in. So. 
This year, I plan to have my advanced photography students uh, research and present on um, the history of photography. Mm-hmm. So kind of similar to that in the style of project, but they're going to be looking at um, you know the, the beginnings of uh, photography. Um, and so I'm going to have them teach the class, you know, about um, a different uh, decade and that, you know, in that time. And um, I'm teaching an AP photography class next year, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have several students who are, who are going to be taking that class. Um, and then I'm also uh, planning to do a cyanotype workshop with the photography club this year. Um, and I really hope to incorporate that into classes next year, but that's called an alternative uh, photographic process cyanotype mm-hmm. and it's an antiquated photographic process that um, you actually um, expose in the sun and uh, you develop with water and then it yields a blue print which is oh. really beautiful so there's a lot to look forward to yes <laughs> <laughs> well we're at the end part of the faculty feature shows where i like to wrap up by asking a few fun light-hearted questions that will give us a deeper look into your mind and your heart. So tell me, how do you prepare for each day when you wake up? Are there any routines that you like to follow or use to prepare yourself for the day? Um, I like to wake up really early. Mm-hmm. How early? <laughs> um, I get up at, well, my alarm goes off at four. Oh. Uh, and so <laughs> I, time do you go to bed? <laughs> I go to bed pretty early, like eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now I like to get up really early because that just like helps me. And I actually like to get to school really early too, because it mm-hmm. just gives me time to prepare for the day. But I'll, I'll get up and I like to eat breakfast and, you know, kind of take my time. I'm definitely an early bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say if you're in the hour of four. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what is your most memorable moment from teaching here at TMI? One of my favorite moments uh, was when I was able to take all of my Photography One students with me to the ISAS Fine Arts Festival last year at Hockaday School in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, they all brought a portfolio of their printed work, so they brought 20 pieces, um, and they participated in a 20-minute one-on-one portfolio review with an industry professional. Wow. Uh, we spent a, a lot of time preparing for this before attending the professional uh, or before attending the festival and they did beautifully. Um, I was so proud of them and it it just made my heart so happy to see them participating in a real portfolio review Mm -hmm. like a professional. Um, This is something that most college students struggle to do successfully and adults too. Uh, So it really speaks to their passion and their hard work that they were able to lead a conversation about their own work Mm -hmm. with an industry professional for 20 minutes. That's huge. Very cool. What a great experience. Well, final question. Tell me something that most people don't know about you. And I'm guessing most people didn't know about the, the optic nerve, but no. give, me, <laughs> give me something else. <laughs> um, so I love trail running and um, I run. So I run four days a week and that's usually like that's my me time. So that's when I reflect on my day and, mm-hmm. and I'll think about like classes and students and, you know, I'll think, oh, this worked or oh, this really didn't work. I'm going to do that differently next time. But um I love running and actually ran my first half marathon in September of last year, which was a huge personal accomplishment Mm -hmm. for me because um, I never considered myself to be athletic in high school or college. That was just not me. And so it's more of a recent thing I've kind of um, developed, but it's something I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of. Do you have any plans to do another half marathon or maybe a full marathon? Yes. So I'm going to do another half marathon in September of this year. I'm just going to run the same race and try Mm -hmm. to beat my time. But I'm also, um, I have a 10K that I'm going to run this month, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Got to get you out there with the the cross-country team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cheer them on. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, is there anything else that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about that you wanted to share with the community? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think we covered it all. We did cover a lot. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Hannah. This has been a lot of fun, and thank you for giving us a little bit deeper look into your life. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.